0: you feeling like you're spinning all the plates in your design business and at any moment they could all come crashing down? Are you feeling like you're so close to breaking through to the next level, but those consistent projects still aren't flowing your way? Are you ready to finally take your business from a hobby to 100 k and beyond? Then welcome to the Six Figure Designer Podcast. I'm talking all the techniques you need in your design business to start paying yourself, get great clients, and finally break through that five-figure ceiling. today I am like so fangirling happy to have um, our guest on today. You may have heard of her, I'm not sure, but Libby Langdon has been graciously, um, you know, accepted my invitation to come on the podcast. And of course she needs a proper introduction. So you know her as an interior designer, she's an author, she's a product designer, she's a makeover television personality, as well as having her own for- firm in New York City, Libby Langdon Interiors, right? And Libby, of course, if you've ever met her, you know that she has an easy, elegant, everyday style, super approachable, and such a bubbly personality. And she has so many licensed furniture collections and home furnishing items, including lighting for Kristi Rama, rugs for KAS, artwork for Paragon, and a complete home collection of upholstery and case goods for Fairfield Chair, and of course, accessories for A and B Home. So her work and home products have been featured in leading shelter magazines, including, are you ready for it? Architectural Digest, House Beautiful, Traditional Home, Hampton Cottage and Gardens, Better Homes and Gardens. Let me take a breath and a, and a sip here, cause I have, there's more. Right, and Women's Day. So she's also been a regular design expert. You have an excellent resume. This is amazing. On NBC's Today Show, HGTV's Small Space, Big Style, The View, The Rachel Ray Show, The Early Show, and NBC's Open House. I mean, I could go on and on and on, but
1: let's just welcome Libby to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. I'm I'm super excited and I think great things happen when we, when we get together and we share insights and we talk about our businesses and our lives and what's happening. And, and so what I'm hoping is that at the end of today's episode, some people will get some, some real takeaways that they can use, but thanks for having me on. I'm so glad to be here.
0: I know. And I will say that here's a lesson learned from, you know, having you on the podcast. Don't ask, don't get, right? So we met at a conference. Libby was a speaker there. And, um, you know, I just like mustered the courage to say, hey, I have this thing I'm starting. Would you be happy? You know, would you be able to be a guest? And of course, in sweet Liddy fashion said, absolutely, when is it? I'll be there. So, you know, all I can say is if you put yourself out there, great things can happen. And I'm sure you can attest to something like that happening
1: in your career as well, right, Libby? Absolutely, absolutely. It's so funny because a lot of times, and I think it sometimes boils down to something as simple as, you know, when you go to a restaurant and there's something that you want, but you want to change it just a little bit. And sometimes you're going to get the crazy chef who's like, absolutely not. If you don't Don't eat it this way, way, get out of my restaurant. But I would say life is too short to not ask for what you want. And I think you start to get what you want when you, A, address that you want something and B, ask for it. Um, It's not going to just magically drop out of the sky. So No, you
0: can't just want it, right? You've got to also be a willing participant.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think... Um, it's, it's also a little bit of, um, not worrying about what other people are going to think, not worrying right. if I ask somebody to do my podcast and they give me a smackdown. and my, are my feelings going to be hurt? If I ask a client, you know, oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I think it's not worrying about what people think and not worrying is the waiter going to judge me if I ask right. for brown rice instead of white rice. Who cares what the waiter's going to think? If you want brown rice and you don't want white rice, ask for it. So hundred percent important in, in all aspects of our lives.
0: I think so too. And I think also just being detached from, I mean, we, I think we take so many things personally. Like mm. if, if I had asked you and you had said no, then it should have just been like, that's going to, we're just moving on. It's okay. It's fine. Like that's okay because you had your reasons and I'm going to keep moving. So I think that the lesson learned is, you know, not to necessarily be so attached to the outcome, but to be so brave in order to keep asking to keep go after and going after those things that are heavy on your heart that you really want to do. So that could be a whole podcast in itself, don't you think? Just that right there. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So the thing that, um, you know, the reason that I even went up and approached you, of course, you have an amazing, fun personality. And you're from where I'm from. So I'm from New, well, you're not from New Jersey, I don't think but or, you know, that area, but you live up in that area now, because of course, your family was in New York. So, you know, we kind of have that no nonsense, getting it done spirit, yeah. you are super on time today, which you know, makes my heart happy, because that's my jam too. So um, the thing that that I loved about what you mm-hmm. talked about when and what prompted me to even ask you to be on the show is, you said, it's okay for people, for for us to be in it, to have a business and want to make money. That is an okay thing. And I almost like jumped out of my seat and like high-fived you because we're so afraid in this industry, I think, to want to make money. Like it's a horrible, horrible thing. And I thought that you, you, talked about it so eloquently. So maybe you can elaborate on that feeling like it's okay to be a creative and to do beautiful things, but to also
1: make money, right? Yes, absolutely. And just to give you a little bit of a background of how I even started in interior design and probably why I have that notion of melding creative and commerce. That's a huge, Mm -hmm. huge part of who I am and what I do. And before I got into interior design, I used to work in the film and television business. Mm -hmm. So I used to work as a producer and an actress in movies and TV and commercials and things like that, and had been married for 11 years and had a production company with my then ex, my now ex-husband. And when I got divorced, I knew I wanted to get into something creative, but I wanted to move out of film and television and, Mm -hmm. and sort of leave that. And interior design had been something I had thought about for a while. And it was something that I really grew up with. I grew up in High Point, North Carolina. So my mom was a designer. My dad was in textiles. And so for me, it was a matter of i was newly divorced i had a mortgage to pay and yes i wanted to be creative and design beautiful spaces but i had to figure out how to make money it right. wasn't it wasn't just this wonderful grand endeavor of oh, oh you're it- going to have a hot pink room no it was a very realistic practical approach to interior design and what were people wanting what could I offer them? And how was I gonna be able to make money at it? And, um, and and there's no shame in that. And the other thing too is in creative industries, and I think particularly interior design, we are really in touch with the way people live. We are We're figuring out their family life. How do they entertain? You know, when they throw a dinner party, what does it look like? What do they want their bedroom to look like? It's very personal. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. It's very personal practice. And sometimes people can feel bad when you start to talk money. And I know some people wince when it's the day to send out invoices. Some designers are like, yes, invoices. Bullshit, people. Get your invoices out. You are not doing this just because um, you think it's really fun. It is a business. And I think you can also be very careful about it and have everybody feel great and excited, but you still need to make money. And I
0: think you yeah you make such a good point there because i i just want to say that also too the other thing that i see along with god forbid we should make money but we always tend to pay ourselves last right oh well i'll get my i'll get paid when the final when the final invoice is sent and i'm thinking why are you what are we waiting a year to be paid what i don't understand that pay yourself first right so to your point and you can continue this because you are i love I'll put an E on this episode, but there may be a little swearing going on. But yes, yeah,
1: pay yourself first. I mean, what are we doing, right? Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it, it is interesting, too, that I feel as a designer, deep down inside, in your core, you have to know what your value is. Mm-hmm. And when I meet a client or I meet a new client or... um we're talking about taking on a new project. I know in my, just deep down in my gut, I mm-hmm. know the value that I am bringing. And yeah. and I wallow in that. Um, I'm not boastful. I'm not gloating. But I know what I'm going to be able to bring to you. And I can very easily communicate that. And it just takes any question out of it. And Every now and then I'll have one client who'll say, oh, I've got all these invoices and it's costing a lot and my house is costing a lot more to build and blah, blah, blah. And I will fire an email or pick up the phone and call right back and say, you know what? I am offering you great value and this is why. And so I think you need to be sure, just take, a, take an inventory of what you're bringing to the table and own it own it 150% and and never feel bad for asking what you're worth. And if you've got somebody who doesn't think you're worth it, that's not somebody you should work with. Trust me, there will be three other people down the road that are going to understand your value once you're able to easily communicate it.
0: I agree 100%. And I think that the other thing that people tend to do is when you're having an uncomfortable conversation, you want to fill all those gaps. And I've found that silence speaks so many volumes. So if someone asks you a question as to why you do things a certain way or whatever, you give them the answer, which are the facts. Right. And then you let it sit. You let that simmer. Instead of trying to like, you know, fill that empty pause and make excuses or, or try to make them feel better or let that, you know, not emptiness sit there, let that pause, continue and they will come around to it, I would say for sure. So yes. you know sometimes, and then the other thing I would say to people is script out the questions you have gotten, something that people have asked or have your family or someone in your office ask some tough questions, right? And then role yeah. play and answer those. And then what I do is I put that in my, what I call a shock and awe box, which I send to clients beforehand. And that answers a lot of those questions ahead of time. And so you've had that, time to think about how you want to answer that question why you're answering that question what that value is and you and then once you do it of course long enough you can totally stand there in that you know sit in it as you say wallow in it yeah, and be very comfortable as to where why you're charging what you're charging and what you bring to the table absolutely absolutely for sure so, yes, everyone, we need to be cool with making money. And, you know, that's going to be the title of this episode is show me the money because it is, yeah. we need to be very, we need to be comfortable and confident because as interior designers, we are affecting, just like you said, the most intimate spaces in someone's lives. We yeah. are in the thick of it. And it's so incredibly important how much
1: effect we can have on someone's that's space. Absolutely. I love the way you said it. Be cool with making money. That pretty much sums it all up. We know we want to make money and we want people to show us money, but you need to be cool with making money. Right.
0: (laughs) We're having t-shirts made after this one. That's okay. We'll be selling them. They'll they'll be merged after this episode.
1: Making money.
0: (laughs) Yes. And then, um, so along those lines, you were talking about also this this thing that stuck. There was like three big things that stuck with me when I heard you speak. And um, you said, I know my lane. I know my lane is um, sort of, you know, the easy breezy, you know, type of look for people. Easy, elegant, everyday style. That's my lane. I know how to stay in my lane. I know what my lane is and that others should know their lane as well. So you can speak to one like how you discovered your lane, right? Mm-hmm. And then how people can help, you know, can discover their own lane and stay in it
1: for yes. success. And I think it's imp- it's very important and for me, it almost started out as kind of a a marketing, you know, exercise where you take the essence of who you are, what you do, and who you work with and you boil it down into just a little nugget, a little sound bite. And that was how I came up with easy, elegant, everyday style. And I knew I needed to find, because I started in interior design later in life, I knew I needed to find my lane. I needed to find my lane. I think I knew I wasn't gonna be architectural digest, all fancy crazy over the top all the time. Can I go there every now and then? Oh, yes, I can. But but my nuts and bolts, my my meat and potatoes um is the easy elegant everyday style. And how I came up with that was easy is me. That's my personality. I'm right. approachable. Yeah. It should be fun. Design should be accessible. The elegant is you can still have a very functional, family-friendly home, but it can be beautiful. The design can be incredible. The details can be fabulous. And then the everyday part is that's who my clients are. They're real people. They have kids. They have pets. They have friends who drink red wine. You know, so that's that's how I got the easy, elegant, everyday style. And, and I encourage people to sit and really boil down what the essence is of of what they do and come up with that. Because also that becomes a common thread as you are communicating who you are and what you do. It just becomes a wonderful way for you to, in just a quick second, let somebody know who you are and and what you do and how you work. Um, And then the second part to that, I think, is... Knowing your lane and, and I feel like knowing your lane doesn't necessarily mean you're staying within a certain interior design style. I do traditional, we do contemporary, we do transitional. I, I work in a lot of different areas. So knowing your lane is more knowing your audience, um, knowing budget areas. Where are you strong? Where can you get stronger? Um, And then, you know, just being set in where you are. I also think knowing your lane is very important in how you communicate and present your business. Things like Mm -hmm. your website, your social media, Um, all of that. My easy, elegant, everyday style just boils back in and infiltrates every aspect of of my business. Um, and so once you have your lane, it really helps you stay in the direction. And I think it also helps you reach potential clients. So you know there are ways to to sort of structure things so that you're reaching the person that's right for you
0: that's um, in the lane, right? That's traveling that's in, in the, the same lane. lane that you are. yeah, and you said Absolutely. so many things there. So like even the, um, you know, knowing your lane, I, I call it knowing your North star. It's sort of like the, you know, the big, the big idea that you're always working towards or that next level that you're leveling up to. Yeah. Um, The thing that you said that I think is so incredible to bring up again is that your personality is part of knowing your lane. I think there's a lot of people who feel like they need to be somebody else right. They're aspiring to be maybe another designer, you know, right. they're aspiring to look like someone else or be like someone else, but it's, there's some friction there. And I'm not saying like, um, client friction, but just internal, like, it's just, it's kind of hard, you know, and you're just like, uh, this is terrible. So I would, you know, like to point that out that part of your personality really helps you work with people. Um, that are similar or that you can get along with, right. Or that you can communicate effectively with, because that makes yeah. such a huge, huge, dis, um, you know, difference. And like all of my clients are like, like me, like, we're like this boom, 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 decision, decision, none of this, is yeah, I don't know. And there are people who are good at that and have, I mean, I do have a lot of patience, I've been told that, but I love it when I have, a former CEO, you know, a former executive, a, yeah. a current executive, making decisions and going, we're going, let's just go. Yeah, yep. and for me, that's good, and that's my Jersey girl side. Um, yeah. So I think knowing that part, parts of your personality and how you like to work also tie into the lane that you're creating between the work
1: that you do, the type of clients you bring on. For sure, for sure, and you know, for me, I again tagging back to the messaging and what are you getting across to people on the outside looking in and what is their first impression of you? And I would say a lot of people find me, you know, on social media or, or they'll go on my website. And I feel that that's very representative of, of who I am. And there's tons of video and there's me on there kind of being goofy and maybe I'm in my slippers or you just you know it's just that's the secret sauce for me that is the secret sauce for me letting people know who I am what I'm all about and what my process is so um and I think knowing my lane helps me get that across for sure
0: yeah and um I will say that as many designers who hate to be on video it is such a great way for people to get to know you and get to know your personality and feel like they know you. And I'm sure you've had this so many times. So many people have probably come up to you and say, I feel like I know you. And you're like, great. Okay.
1: Yeah. So
0: it's just such a connector and that attracts people to you that are attracted to your personality. So naturally you're getting people who are already in your vibe. Um, yeah. The other thing that you said, which was so great is just because you pick a lane doesn't mean that you'll never do anything outside the lane. It's just that you're having a very focused conversation about the type of projects that you want for the most part, or that is your big idea or your North Star or your lane. So to be afraid that you'll never be able to take on another project that's outside of this is not at all the case, but it's setting the tone, right? To your your point of everything that you're doing on on the big idea front.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, the the thing that's so great about it is I also feel like every year I get better as a designer. And so while I know my lane, it's kind of what you're saying with the North Star, I am pushing myself. I am mm-hmm. having more fun. I'm being bolder with things. I used to be afraid to ask a client, what would you think if we painted the ceiling cobalt blue? (laughs) You know, but you get a a couple clients who are like, actually, that would be cool. Yes. And so it's kind of ties back to what you're saying. If you don't ask and you're too scared of how somebody might judge you, Mm -hmm. you might not take that chance, which would help you grow as a designer. And I just feel like I'm a better designer every year because I, Take more chances, and I have more fun, and it doesn't necessarily mean design chances that cost more. It doesn't right. cost that much more to paint the ceiling blue than it does to paint it white. Um, so, so in that respect, it's true. The lane the lane has wiggle room, it but there's moves, that it nice, yeah. yeah, there's that nice um, middle line that just know, lets you know you're still on your right track.
0: Right. And I think, too, you know, when you say, hey, you say to a client, hey, what do you think about trying this? I think clients love to be sort of in on the, the, you know, the decision together, like, should we do it? Should we, you know, should we do the? And they just think that's the greatest thing. So yes, absolutely. If you have some brilliant idea, and you're in a client meeting, for sure, I would just float it past your client, because, hey, you never know, they might just be ready to ready to take it. That's where that trust, I think that's when you start to realize as a designer, you've gotten to a point where people, they really admire you and they look up to you and they trust you. And that's the yeah. type of clients that you start to get over and over again. And they, they really want to hand it, you know, hand this off to you and say, create something because I'm so excited to be here with you. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's when the magic happens. That's when it's like, whoa, yeah, the yeah, angel start exactly. singing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um. And then, so kind of along these same lines, because we've been really, this, this theme and this thread's been running throughout this whole episode is that we should be our best PR person, right? We should be the one saying, putting ourselves out there, not necessarily like you said, boasting, but being like, hey, I'm doing this. Just want, you know, I'm letting you know, I'm doing this. I'm trying this. I'm, you know, pushing myself in this way. So how are you your best?
1: PR person? How can people do that in their own businesses? I I really feel that, that we are all our own best PR people. And I feel that deep down inside, you know who you are and you know what you really want. Mm -hmm. And an outside person will not ever be able to convey the passion, the excitement, the reasoning, the the inspiration for why you created a room the way you created a room or, um, or why you painted the ceiling a color or why you use this wallpaper. And, um, that excitement and that passion is what makes people take notice. And, um, so in that respect, we're our own best PR people, because we're the ones who can really convey the messaging better than anybody else can. Right, And sort of going cool. back to what you said a minute ago about people who are scared to be on camera or they're squeamish about being on camera, a couple of things happen when you video yourself. Um, if you video yourself walking through a project that you've done, and it doesn't matter if your 10-year-old son is videoing you, somebody from your office or... Look, let's face it, I am in the airport all the time. I have all (laughs) kinds of drivers take videos of me just before I get on the airplane. So pretty much you have no excuse to not have someone video you. But I think what happens is as you're taking someone through a project that you've designed, again, you're the only person who knows, why did you pick that ECAT print on the chair? Why did you use that finish on the coffee table? So once you start of get you get into talking about what you do and why you've done it, it actually becomes quite easy. Um and and so also for me, and what you were saying earlier is you have to remember there are a lot of people that have never hired interior designers before. Yes. And there are people now more and more interested in hiring an interior designer. They're intimidated. They're scared. They have this notion that, you know, you're going to show up in their house and you're going to say, you have to do these Hunter Green velvet drapes. If you don't, the whole room's going to be a catastrophe. So people have these notions of what an interior designer is, and we're bossy and we tell them what to do, and we're going to cost a gazillion dollars. So when you're able to record yourself, you demystify design, you make it approachable, you make it accessible. Um, And that's part of being your own best PR person. You're taking your messaging into your own hands. You're not having somebody else say who you are and what you do and why you do it. And um, I think the other thing too now is because of social media, I get more information out this way now than I ever did when I had PR companies working with me and for me. And by the way, even if you have someone repping you as PR, you still have to generate all the copy and all the writing and why you did what you did. So I just, gosh, I tell people get out there, get your message out there and be fearless about it. What is the worst thing that could happen? Somebody says, oh, wow, she's She thinks she's fancy. She designed that mansion, whatever. You can do it in a very graceful, non-boastful way, but it's so important to let people know who you are and what you do and what you're all about. So
0: I think in that being in that creative industry too, like we want to differentiate ourselves, right? Instead of letting a picture talk for us and letting a potential client, you know, come up with this whole story in their mind of how this came about or how easily this looks or whatever. If you're discussing all the things that happens and all the changes, of course, things get changed and then that, you know, might throw some things off. And so having those conversations also brings it back to the craft and the uniqueness of interior design and the interior designer and the interior design and customer relationship. And how incredibly important the team is. I mean, all of that brings us back to why people hire designers in the first place and not just buy something off
1: the internet, right? Exactly. And I, it goes back again to your messaging and your what you've boiled down your essence mm-hmm. to be. And I feel like when you communicate that and you can tell people, oh, this is why I did the light finish on the coffee table because it's contrasting in front of the rug, there's that moment of exactly what you're saying. People are registering and saying, wow, I never would have thought of that, or I didn't know that. And it's not meant to intimidate. It's meant as a confidence builder on their part to know that you have the big picture in mind and you're seeing the whole enchilada and you're not just chipping away or piecemealing it the way most people would do if they didn't have an interior designer.
0: Absolutely. I just had this, this conversation come up with a, with a client in a meeting where they said, well, we're going to do, you know, a dark light fixture. What do you think about the frame on this, this piece of art? And I was like, well, I want that dark too, because I want your eye to be moved around the room, to be caught by this piece and to tie in that element. And they were like, oh, I never even thought of that. But these are things that as designers were like, and you're probably like, yeah, of course. Right. I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. And yeah. maybe a lot of other listeners going, absolutely, that that I do that too. But we don't talk about it. We I need know. to talk about it, saying why you're thinking of like the spaces, how they relate to one another, how it moves your eye around, how it keeps you interested, how it then has an emotional effect on you,
1: right? Yes. So, Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. That's why we can never be replaced. We can never be replaced. And (laughs) I think what's fun too is these days, you know, when I first started in interior design in like 2004, there wasn't a lot of reason for me to interact with other interior designers. I was sort of in my own little bubble and it just, I was in my own little world. And then social media happened. And I feel like we all got this really great conversation going. Yeah. And now I just feel like so many people in the in the very best way are design hungry. So there's enough work for everybody. So right. I feel like as designers, we are way more of a community than than we ever knew before. And there's enough work to go around. And it's so important to let people know what you're doing and why you're doing it. You're not letting some big secret, you're not letting the cat out of the bag. You're not giving away trade secrets, you know, right. It's really more demystifying it and letting clients know the value and, and that you have the big picture in mind. Yeah. And then what
0: happens, you know, cause a lot of them don't even know what happens. It's very nerve wracking. So I think oh, all yeah. of that, just, just talking about what happens in meetings, um, is so incredibly important because, like you said, yeah. so many clients have never hired designers before, and it's and and you would think that people with million dollar homes have, and they haven't. So let's and, just put yeah. that let's just put right. that out there. So you know, two million dollar home, several of those, never hired designer for all day long. I hear that all day long. So um, just keep that in mind that we just keep talking as an industry, and then yeah, being connected. Like even the conference that I saw you at. Um, I had gone and met five women that I had met on the internet from all across the country, other ah. designers, and we had become friends um, during our time when everyone was sitting at home trying to figure out what to do. And um, you know, that just opened up a whole world. So just making those connections with people from mm-hmm. all over the country, designers with different perspectives perspectives who are doing different things, it's um, it's so inspiring. So I definitely encourage everyone to, Use social media for good, right? For sure. Oh yeah. There's so <laughs> much goodness out there. There is. You just have to look for it. Well, so Libby, I want to say thank you, thank you for giving us so many cool things to think about in our business and how we can stay in our lane and and kind of shout our accolades from the rooftops and be our own best PR person and how we are totally fine, totally cool with making money in our business as well. And So tell us, is there anything exciting that you want to talk about? And of course, where can people find you?
1: Yes. Okay. Well, people can find me on um, my social handles are Libby Langdon. um, And my website is LibbyLangdon.com. And I do have some exciting things. I have new furniture introductions for my furniture collection for Fairfield. Um, and we'll be launching those at the April market. Awesome. Uh, and then I've got my cast rugs uh, and then lighting for Rama. Paragon wall decor and um accessories for A and B home. And yeah, it's just it's a very exciting. You just life. a few,
0: you just have a few things happening. Nothing, it's, nothing it's, it's major. side hustle. It's so hide hustle. Yeah. So if anyone ends up going to market in April, they're gonna track you down because I'm sure you'll be out there talking about your beautiful products. Yes,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I hope to see people and I love when people reach out and DM me or contact me. Um, it's just fun. And kind of what you're saying, Pam, it's just a nice way to connect with people. And, and every now and then you're walking down the a market hallway and you're like, Oh, my God. that's awesome. So of course, if
0: you missed all of that, that'll all um, be in the show notes on how to find Libby. So you don't have to be worried if you happen to be driving or anything like that. But thank you, Libby, so much for thank giving you. us So much good information. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show. And I'm sure we're going to see some great introductions from you come in April market, right?
1: Thank you so much. Love chatting with you. And can't wait to see you soon in 2023. Sounds good. Thanks.
0: Thanks for listening to the Six Figure Designer Podcast. If you're ready to make six figures in your interior design business, then check out my Design Business Bootcamp. Our next session starts soon. So let's get you to six figures stat.